Listen to Hate the Player, Not the Game on KCOU 88.1 FM every Wednesday with me, Lucas Owens. Shouldn't be expecting anything intelligent to ever come out of my mouth. And absolutely nobody else. Here's some of the worst segment titles in sports radio history. All right, that is all I have for the Zion Williamson weekly recap show. And a lot of other fun content surrounding the MOB, NBA, and Survivor winners at war. That's not the idol, is it? It's a snake, I know. It has a face on it. Don't worry. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday from 9 to 10 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM for Hate the Player, Not the Game. George Springer, and he tried to hit the ball 17,000 miles in response to the booze. All right, that was George Springer um, swinging and missing at a fastball. Just wanted to use that to start out this week's Hate the Player, Not the Game. I am your host, Lucas Owens. Thank you for listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. Again, a very warm morning for once. I have not been freezing. I actually wore shorts today, which uh, very nice. Gotta say, very nice after uh, after the uh, forces of nature trying to stop me from doing this really stupid show for the past few weeks. It's nice to be able to uh, walk to the studio in shorts and a t-shirt. God, it's really nice. Um, if you haven't yet heard, Mizzou Student Media uh, is in the process of getting a referendum passed by the Missouri Students Association. Voting was supposed to be this week. I believe it has gotten pushed back to next week around the same time as this week was because of some technical difficulties. But uh, yeah, I just got to read this real quick. As a part of Mizzou Student Media, KCLU allows students to explore broadcast radio from, a, from the moment they set foot on campus. Student get, students get the opportunity to cover Mizzou sports, news, and the local music scene and gain valuable producing skills. KCLU also has strong ties to the Columbia community by sponsoring shows at local venues and hosting events like record sales, hip-hop showcases, and music festivals. Even more so, the station is a place where many members have found their home and made lifelong friends. If you are a current student at the University of Missouri, please consider voting yes to support student media in the MSA bill. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, vote yes for that or else uh, you won't get to see fantastic content like me playing 30 seconds of George Bringer uh, falling on his knee while trying to hit a ball. I believe they said 17,000 feet on that Mets broadcast. That was against the Mets. Of course, George Bringer on the Astros. So yeah, if you don't want to miss that, then uh definitely uh definitely vote yes if you are a Mizzou student. And if not, I mean go ahead, do whatever you want. But uh yeah, you're not gonna get great content like that. Only two dollars and 
50 cents added to the student fee. So uh, please go ahead and do so. All right. So moving on to the news that isn't George Springer falling on his knee. Um, Oreo Slugger, I guess now again, Chris Davis starts spring training five for six with three homers and four walks in his first 10 at bats. Um, this really surprised me. I mean, it's spring training, but uh, I think he put in a lot of work over the offseason because he came hot. He uh, he was batting a thousand for a while, a good part of that, too. I don't know how he's done in the past few days. This is of a few days ago, was making a lot of news around it, but uh, it's certainly a great story coming up out of the Baltimore spring training camp. Uh, his contract's just so bloated that um, it would be quite the comeback story if he did um, end up making an impact on a team that I think would be lucky to win 50 games. Yeah, um, it would be good to see him have a, a good year. Um, I doubt he will, but uh, hopefully he'll be better than last year because last year was not good for the uh, slugger. But, um, yeah, good for him. Um, in other news, the MLB has appointed Kerwin Danley as the first African-American crew chief in the history of the MLB. Uh, this news really shocked me when it appeared that there hadn't been an African-American crew chief before, but I guess it just... The opportunity just never presented itself, but uh, regardless, congratulations to Dan Leon making history like that. Um, he's been a great, good, great ump the past two years, um, so uh, it should be a good fit for everybody involved. And uh, making history, even in 2020, it's still progress that I think should have been made a long time ago, but happy it finally got made and the MLB is uh, reversing course a little bit. All right, uh, starting the Tim Tebow news cycle again. It's announced that the former football player will play for Team Philippines in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, considering he was born in Manila, it makes a lot of sense. Um, people, A lot of people don't know that, actually, that he uh, first three years of his life he was raised in Manila. Of course, his parents were on a mission with their church uh, when he was born. Um yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty weird to see him playing for Team Philippines, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Phil- the Philippines don't really have a lot of MLB talent, um, so it will be good for them to get somebody at least from the MILB, even if his impact is uh, is uh, certainly seen, not seen by a lot of people regardless. Um, it'll be a draw for crowds, um, especially if he ends up playing in one of the qualifier rounds that is in the United States, um, that'll draw a lot of people to some MLB stadiums. Um, World Baseball Classic starting this month, actually. Or, sorry, next year around this time. This year is, of course, the uh, Tokyo Games. So, uh, not going to be this year. Got my timeline screwed up a little bit. Um, that is the 2021 World Baseball Classic. I cannot do time today. Uh, the MLB has expanded access for players to smoke and use recreational and medical marijuana, allowing for a greater access to use outside of the ballpark. Um, this is a good move considering uh, most views on the drug, but uh, it's just it's a good sign to uh, give players a higher sense of freedom. As I mean. In the states that it is current, states and cities that is currently legal, I certainly understand why 
um, players would certainly not be happy about marijuana not being allowed for them specifically. Um, I get the MLB trying to keep it out of the ballpark, and that's like kind of the uh, sense of this that I got is that as long as they aren't coming to the ballpark um, under the influence of marijuana, um, it won't be a problem for anybody involved. Um, considering alcohol is not on the banned substance list, I can't really think of a defense to not have marijuana. Um, it's a long conversation to have um, on marijuana and medical marijuana um, and uh, recreational marijuana to have on the show. Um, I'm probably never going to have that conversation. I'm going to be brutally honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a good sign for the MLB Players Association. It's probably a concession that they really wanted to have for a while. Um, and going into contract talks in a few years, it's definitely a good sign for them. All right, so uh, moving on to some spring training action. I'm going to look at the San Francisco Giants real quick. Um, it might seem a little bit odd, but uh, as many know, um, I'm a little inseparable from my San Francisco Giants hats, considering that I've been a fan since pretty much birth. So uh, I'm going to provide some commentary on them because I've been watching a lot of San Francisco Giants baseball in the past week or two. Um, so coming into the season, ESPN had them at a 0.3% chance to make the playoffs. Um, don't disagree with that still, to be honest. Um, I think they're going to surprise people with their youth um, mixed in with uh, their veterans um, producing still. And they have a uh, good mix of talent all over the field. Um, I don't think that'll get them anywhere near the playoffs, but I think they'll be around 500 and certainly making uh Making uh making progress. Um, I mean, you got players like Mauricio Dubon, uh, Jalen Davis, and Abiato Avellino. Um, all really surprising me. I thought they were going to do really good this spring training, but they've done a lot better than even the best expectations for them. I had. Um, all three could very well end up on the twenty-six man coming into the season because of how up in the air things are. And I mean. This is what intrigues me the most right now about San Francisco Giants spring training is that there's like maybe 10 roster spots on the 26th man available right now because things are so up in the air and they have nobody. I mean, their starting rotation right now is Samarja, Cueto, and three spots. They have more spots in the rotation to fill than they, uh, than they have pitchers in the rotation right now. Um, so definitely going to keep an eye on them for a little bit during this show every week. Uh, incredibly fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for ceiling signs. Uh, next week I'll be looking a lot more at spring training. Um, spring training, highly recommend, um, even just watching a game for an inning because it, it's not normal baseball <laughs> because pitchers will pitch one batter and then they'll leave, but it won't be for any reason other than to get them reps. And you never have a pitcher pitching more than, like, two innings, maybe three at the max. Not a lot of sense is made in spring training baseball, but so much fun to watch, um, especially going to a spring training baseball game. Um, just a weird environment. Um, but, yeah, so uh, that is Ceiling Signs, MLB Spring Training. My name is Corbett Koslack, and this is Mizzou in Review on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and KCOU.FM. 
Men's basketball won at Vanderbilt last Wednesday, 61-52 with a 17-point outburst from Xavier Pinson. They fell at home on Saturday to Mississippi State, 67-63. Pinson again led the team with 20 points. Men's basketball goes to Ole Miss Wednesday and wraps up the regular season at Mizzou Arena on Saturday against Alabama. The women began last week chasing the eighth spot in the SEC standings and a potential WNIT berth, but things didn't go their way. Alabama, Florida, and Georgia all earned upset road wins last Sunday to stay one game ahead of Mizzou in the standings. Missouri couldn't narrow the gap, losing to both Auburn and Alabama by double figures to finish the regular season. The women begin the SEC tournament in Greenville, South Carolina against Ole Miss Wednesday. Mizzou baseball spent last weekend in Houston at the Shriners Hospital for Children College Classic. They fell to Baylor 4-2 on Friday before turning the weekend around and winning both Saturday and Sunday. They came back from down 5-0 Saturday to win on a walk-off ground rule double by Peter Zimmerman. They then held on to win an exciting third game 9-8 over Texas Sunday afternoon. They are now 6-5 on the season and host Western Illinois this weekend. The home opener is Friday, and you can catch all those games right here on KCOU. Mizzou softball is now 15-6 on the season. They won 3-4 of four last week at the Mizzou Tournament. They split two against both Nebraska and Wichita State. Softball hosts UMKC this Wednesday, and they host Ole Miss this weekend at Taylor Stadium. That's this week's Mizzou in Review on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and KCOU.FM. All right. Thank you, Corbett, for that fantastic Mizzou in Review. I'm going to get right back into the swing of things with looking in the general direction of the NBA and what would this bigger segment be without the uh, smaller staple of this segment, the Zion Williamson Weekly Recap Show? Uh, this uh, this segment didn't have much form to the beginning of it until uh, Zion Williamson burst onto the scene. And I say burst onto the scene in the sense that he came back from injury because Zion Williamson has been a part of the public consciousness for quite a while. But, uh, man, what a player. All right, so the uh, Pelicans are now 26-35 and 35 after dropping two in a row to the Lakers and the Timberwolves, dropping to four games out of the playoffs with the eighth seed currently being held by the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm um, going to be honest in that the close loss to the Timberwolves was pretty shocking to me. The Timberwolves um really out of contention all the way, but... um. But uh, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley had a fantastic game. Sometimes you're just going to lose games like that because of a team having a great performance, and that certainly was what happened um, two nights ago. Uh, On the Pelicans' end, there was really not a player who was a problem as Ingram, Williamson, Ball, and Holiday all broke out for 20 points. Uh, Holiday leading Gilmore with 27 uh, but they were not the most efficient points outside of ball shooting 9 for 12 from the field and 7 for 10 from three-point range. Uh, what a uh, what a hot streak by ball, just got to say. Um, usually don't expect him in his weird form to uh, ever be good at shooting, but uh, it's just great. Um, the loss of Tef did hurt them. Uh, Reddick, Okafor, and Hayes were all out with injuries, uh, but it was just a really good performance by Minnesota. Um, and I uh, can't really blame them for that loss. Um, as mentioned before, Zion Williamson did again have over 20 points this last game with 25. But the uh, bigger story for the 
excuse me, big four was his performances against the Lakers in the last week. Uh, she was certainly throwing it down against LeBron and company. Um, and uh, after those two performances, I, I can't really say, believe I'm saying this after the year John Morant has been having. But um, I think he has a chance of storing from behind and winning rookie of the year if he continues this pace. Because even though he's only going to be playing about, I would like almost, not even half the year, um, he's just been crazy to watch. Um, talking about the rookie of the year competition um, would be a miss not to mention John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant silently been having a great few weeks since the all-star break amid all of the Zion hype uh, that I am sure I've never have mentioned before on this show. But uh, only 13 points against the Hawks Monday night, but has improved his point total to 17.6 points per game. Uh, overall, Jaws is a really balanced player. He dishes out seven assists a game and has only missed a few games so far. I'm, that's what he has over Zion Williamson right now. Zion Williamson was out with an injury for more than half of the year. And John Morant has solidly been producing for the Grizzlies all year. Um, I mean, the same with Zion happened with Morant this weekend, too, except that the Grizzlies actually beat the Lakers, and they beat them 105-88. to um, That one could be very important down the stretch for the Grizzlies. Uh, he had 27 in that game, uh, so quite the performance from the guard. Uh, yeah, very exciting to see him succeed like that. Uh, outside of Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. has, of course, been great. Jonas Valanciunas has been one of the best centers in an increasingly smaller association lately, and the Grizzlies indeed look the part of a playoff team heading into the final stretches of the regular season. Um, looking ahead at their schedule, while some of the rest might have easier schedules, the Grizzlies have a hard few games coming up with two road test contests in Brooklyn and Dallas and then a home matchup with the Hawks team they just blew out Monday, but that Hawks team can go on a hot streak in any moment. Um, they have a lot of matchups with good teams coming up. That's going to be incredibly important with the playoffs. But uh, if you want to win in the playoffs, you got to win in the regular season. So um, these are the games they have to win. So we'll see if they can do that coming up in the next few weeks. Um, all right, rounding out the Western Conference, looking a little above the Grizzlies in the standings, is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who now sit at 37 and 24 and uh, still prove to me that they are one, like they're one of the most surprising teams. in, I would say this millennium, like since the 10th season, and this is one of the most surprising teams I've ever seen um, alongside well, the Miami heat had some hype coming in, but this Oklahoma city thunder team has exceeded all of my expectations. Uh, much of that in my mind rests on the back of Chris Paul continuing his productions in uh, ways I don't think a lot of people expected him to do coming into the season. I think the narrative really fueled that Chris Paul was a washed up player and a mess of a contract. But um, I mean, his contract is still bad, I would say, but he's been having a good year. His production hasn't fell off like I think a lot of people thought it would. Um, so, yeah, he's just producing great uh, 17.5 points per game. 6.7 assists, 6.2 rebounds. But it's not to love. I mean, contract, again, way too much. But the Thunder 
trade. Of course, they traded him for Russell Westbrook, who just won an MVP a few years ago. They did get a lot of picks alongside of that, though. And future is again looking up in Oklahoma City. Uh, rebuild going a lot faster than I thought it would. <laughs> rebuild lasted about one offseason. Uh, it has not been all about Paul, though, as uh, Gallinari leads the team with 19.3 points a game. And uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander has proven to be a piece. I'm sure the Clippers wish they would have held on to and gotten rid of a different piece, uh, also leading them in points with 19.3, albeit a little less efficiently. Uh, both those players, really some of the best young players in the league, um, yeah, just doing great. They did lose last night to the Clippers, but uh, that was also behind a fantastic performance from Kawhi Leonard. So I can uh, I can accept that defeat if I'm the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, overall, they are a very solid team and could make a surprising amount of noise in the playoffs. Moving over to the teams in the Eastern time zone. This week, I'm going to take a look at the 27-34 and 34 Orlando Magic again, uh, who have somehow found a way to still be in the 8th seed, despite being seven games under 500. Um, this not get easier for the Magic, though, is tonight they have a tough road test against Miami, especially with the way they lost to the Blazers last night at the Amway, Amway Center. Um, this could be a very tough game for the Magic. Um, as usual, Nicole Vucevic continues to be the star of Orlando with 19.3 points a game and 11 rebounds a game. Not unusual to see him averaging this much, but it's nice to see a continued production from him, um, especially on a team where he could easily be isolated by other teams on offense. Uh, outside of Yusufetch, Fournier, has, I can't speak English today again, uh, has been impressing me a lot this year as the guard has played in every game so far for the Magic and averages 18.9 a night and has been becoming a lot more efficient on offense lately. Uh, the depth looks good right now for Orlando, so I have to say whether they make the playoffs right now is uh, dependent on if they get hot and if they continue to be playing a little bit below average. Um, that'll get them in the playoffs in the East. East is very top-loaded right now. So, uh, But, yeah, they're they're doing good for what they have. Uh, yeah, so just have to see if they make the playoffs. Um, well, I did say I was going to get to the four seed Miami Heat eventually. So uh, now I am as the Heat have gone on a little three-game winning streak and uh, continue to uh, continue to surprise me, just like the Oklahoma City Thunder, now sitting at 39 and 22. Uh, if you said at the beginning of this year that they would be above the 76ers in the standings, I would probably call you an idiot. Um, I'm wrong. They, uh, they're two games above the 76ers right now, especially after how the 76ers started. Just complete 180s for both teams. Uh, the real statement for them, though, is being the Bucks 105-89 to 89 on Monday night, especially considering that Giannis was held to just 13 points. Uh, yes, that's right. A Heat team who's pretty much led by Bam Adebayo on defense beat the Bucks by 16, while Bam Adebayo limited Giannis to 13 so uh, I think this is really all you have to look for when you talk about why Bam Adebayo or Bam Adebayo was an all-star. I cannot speak English today. It's frustrating. Um, but yeah, his defense has been crazy this year. Monday was just on a whole nother level. Um, I'm I'm excited to see the Heat team in the playoffs considering just how deep they are. And hopefully they stay healthy enough to show us all just what they're made of. 
I would hate for this team to get hurt down the stretch and um, them not to uh, make an impact in the playoffs, but who knows? It's up to fate, I guess. Uh, all right. Finally, the last team for looking in the general direction of the NBA. Going to take a look at the Indiana Pacers, who are just two games behind the Heat at 37-24. and 24. Of course, the, uh, the big news out of Indianapolis these past few weeks is Oladipo returning and adjusting slowly, scoring just 12 points a game on limited minutes. So uh, I won't let that distract you from how good they've been around him first year. Uh, whatever they get from Oladipo is honestly just a bonus right now. They certainly, like I hate to say this because he's a fantastic player, they can do fine in the playoffs without him. Uh, Brogdon, I'm still worried about his huge contract. Uh, has been great recently, and has brought up his average to 16.6 points a game while playing very good defense. Uh, DeMontis Salbonis, um continues to improve, 12 rebounds a game, and uh, that almost uh, that almost distracts me from his 18 points a game and five assists, five assists for a power forward. It's just like that feels special to me, and DeMontis Sabonis certainly is a special power forward. Um, would be amiss to not mention T.J. Warren as well, who leads the Pacers with 18.7 points a game. Overall, it's just great around the court. A great point score for the Pacers. Um, team currently looking at the 5C right now, hold the tiebreaker over the 76ers. Got some important games coming up, but uh, certainly exciting times in Indianapolis. Um, but that is all I have for looking at the general direction of the NBA. I'm going to go to a quick break after the break and a recap last week's Survivor Winners at War and look to this week's episode of Survivor Winners at War in Math with Six. Thank you for listening. Hi, but not too high. Found a shark? That's awesome, man. Thank goodness, man. Baby shark, go do the do. Sandra shark, go do the do. Yay! I got us a shark. Us waking up to a shark steak breakfast. No one is at my level just yet. Look at that shark. What I told you, I said, there's fish in there. Check this out, guys. I said, all right, let me jump in. Let me be the hero. Let me grab the shark. So I grabbed the shark to pick it up. Wow. Oh, wow. Don't drop it. Don't drop it. Bring it here. Don't drop it. Don't drop me, man. As soon as I picked it up, it went, ah! Ah! Tony was scared of sharks. And so, like, the idea that the shark was going to bite him was freaking him out. Yeah, he was still alive. No, get him. He almost bit me. He almost took my arm off. All right. That, of course, was Tony Velachotes holding a shark that uh, Sandra Diaz twine. Caught on last week's episode of Survivor Winners at War. Uh, this season has been very fun from a character perspective on the call, um, and very fun from a strategic perspective on Sele, the other tribe. Um, so, of course, that was uh, one of the big moments. Uh, Nick Wilson actually got on the show for a few seconds screaming about Tony catching a shark. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and recap that episode a little bit today. So, uh, of course, uh, gonna start out with uh, Edge of Extinction. So, at the Edge of Extinction, um, you of course had you had. Why can't I think of this? Danny Boatwright 
coming in to the edge. Um, immediately they got a uh, they got clues. Um, and uh, Natalie Anderson again found it. Um, one of the richest people on earth with three fire tokens right now. So uh, certainly working her way up in the game. Uh, very fun to see her play, even if she is on the edge of extinction. Um, so she, what she got was the ability to sell an advantage for another player to sneak into the other tribe's camp to seal a seal of vote, um, like both slip an advantage. Um, of course, knowing that Sarah successfully played a seal of vote advantage on her last season, um, she uh, she decided to try to sell it to Sarah. Sarah bit at it, of course. Um, Sarah, not one to waste an opportunity like that. So she snuck into the other tribe's camp. Um, couldn't really see well. Uh, started knocking over torches. Uh, somehow, nobody woke up. Um, and uh, yeah, she got the advantage. So good for her. Um, didn't need to play this episode as spoiler alert at uh, their immunity challenge, which uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, seeing the tribes work like that. Of course, Andrew Diaz Twine um, did sit out again. Um, Considering how fit her tribe is, can't really blame that on them too much. So, uh, yeah, they did win that challenge, and uh, I believe some kebabs. Um, it was like they had to carry a ladder, and then they had to throw people again up, up, up a huge structure, and then uh, do a 3D puzzle. What's the tree puzzle that um, we've seen a lot um, recently on Survivor? So, uh, yeah, they got to solve that. Um, came down to the wire. Sarah even uh, knocked a piece out when they were about to finish. But, uh, yeah, the call ended up winning. That's saying Sally back to Tribal Council for the second time in a row, three out of four. Um, so, yeah, they went back to Tribal Council. Um, big story this week. Uh, Adam tried to get poverty out. Um and he decided to tell Boston Rob about that, which uh, doesn't make much sense to me, as uh, Boston Rob is just too uh, too smart and too much of a uh, angry person to agree with that plan. So uh, Boston Rob, of course, tried to get Adam out. Uh, the rest of Adam's alliance sees what Adam did, decided to knock him down a peg, so he'll stop being a crazy person, and uh, and so. Basically, what they got was uh, at, um, they had Ethan being voted off. Um, Ethan voted off in a four to three to one vote. Yes, I believe. Um, that one being Adam voting for poverty. Um, so yeah, it was certainly an interesting episode. Um, Never got the point of people voting off people that are aligned with Boston Rob and say, you know, just voting off Boston Rob or Parvati. I think what they saw with Ethan was somebody who would definitely win if they got to the end. Somebody who uh, had inroads both with Boston Rob, Poverty, and Adam. And so they saw somebody that would cut everybody down a peg, show who's really in charge. And um, should be a lot of fun to see how that tribe interacts with each other next week. Because of that. Um, but yeah, so interesting episode. Coming up this week, we got Adam Klein being a little nervous about himself. I would be too if I was blindsided by your own alliance like that. 
and then still expected to be a part of that alliance. Um, I think with his love for the game, that whole know what he did wrong and try to fix it, um, he did try to just go way too above and beyond in a way that certainly was never going to do anything but hurt him. Um, yeah, I don't exactly know the immunity challenge we have coming up this week. Should be fun regardless. Um, and uh, yeah, should be a fun episode. Um, that is all I have for Hate the Player, Not the Game this week. That was Math with Sticks. So uh, coming up later, we got, of course, the regular shows on the A stream, this stream, 88.1 FM. But on the KCOU sports stream are the Brown Bucks on KCOU.FM. We have the sports stream. And on the sports stream is going to be the women's basketball tournament. We got Missouri playing Ole Miss. Ole Miss, of course, winless in SEC play so far this season. So uh, the Missouri Tigers looking to get a strong start in Greenville, South Carolina. We got a crew going out to the game. Um, I'm going to be in studio with our producer, Will Nolte. Um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, check it out in between classes if you can. Uh, make sure to listen in. Um, we'll be calling the softball game against Ole Miss, funny enough, on Friday. That's going to be recorded, put up on our KCOU Spotify Um Outside of that, you can always catch me on at Lucas A. Owens on Twitter. Um, very stupid Twitter, just a heads up. Um, posted about being addicted to Juicy Fruit last night. Um, still addicted. I have a pack with me in studio. Um, so, yeah, make sure to check me out there. Make sure to always stay tuned to the KCOU sport socials, especially at KCOU Sports for reporting action. Make sure to catch the rest of the show today and have a great rest of your absolutely beautiful Wednesday morning.